Well, thank you guys for having me today. Thank you, Todd. Um, well, like Todd just said, um, I am a student pastor. I'm used to being around students, so it would help me out if you guys would try to bring in the student inside of you a little bit and kind of act like them. Um, so if I can see what students do in your faces, I'll be very comfortable up here on stage today. Um, so uh, having the students up here, having the music, I kind of wish I could have gotten some of that welcome music, you know, for me to walk on, you know, do some of this right here. Um, but um, if you guys could just give me one of these faces uh, throughout this, it would be really great. Uh, if you're a junior high kind of person at heart, if you just kind of go like this or like this, because that's about the way that junior high kids will look at you when you preach. Um, if you could do one of those things, that'd be good. If you're more high schoolish, um, maybe uh, you'll be like this the whole time. <laughs> or, or you actually nod in your head and kind of in agreement with me. If you could be that person, I'd really love that, because I'll feed off of your energy, okay? Um, well, um, it's a real privilege for me to be here, because um, just as uh, Todd said, we, uh, we were friends for a long time. Um, so I got to hear his vision for this long before you guys ever knew that you would be sitting in these seats. So it's really cool to be here today. Um, well, we're in the middle of the book of Acts. We've been studying Acts for several weeks now. Um, if you guys want to go ahead, you can turn to chapter 16 um, of Acts. Um, and while you're getting there, kind of just kind of set it up. Um, I'm a planner. I'm a big time planner. I like to have a plan. Um, I, one of my strengths is that I'm a visionary type person. Todd told me yesterday that that's probably my biggest strength, uh, but he also said it's my bigness, biggest weakness because sometimes I get stuck in what I see in the future and I can't uh, be satisfied with what's going on right now. Um, and so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Um, we're going to talk about delays and what happens when we're in a delay in our life. Maybe we've been stuck in a delay pattern for a little while. Um, and so what do we do during that? How do we get through it? And then how does that affect the overall plan that God has for our life? Um, so if you're in Acts, um, go ahead and uh, Acts 16, bump up one paragraph to Acts uh, 15, verse 36, because that's where I'm going to get us started today. It's going to be on the big Bible in the sky behind me um, if uh, you don't have your Bible with you today. Uh, verse 36 says, Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. This sounds like a good plan. Paul sets a plan. He says, hey, Barnabas, let's, let's get some guys together. Let's go back. Let's visit people. Let's build the church. Let's strengthen them. Let's disciple them. Let's pour some love on them. Um, sounds like a great plan to me. Um, I was very excited when I read this. I'm like, oh, all right, there we go. He's got a plan of action. He's ready to move forward. And after a little bit of a disagreement in the beginning of uh, chapter 16 that we're not going to get into today because it doesn't really go with what I'm talking about, um, but Paul gathers a couple of guys with him, and he takes off, and he follows out with what his plan is. And, um, and everything's going great, and new la leaders are being established, and he's bringing along new people alongside of him to uh, just go in and lead these different congregations that have started in different places. Um, but when we get to verse 5 uh, of uh, chapter 16, we see, So the churches were strengthened in faith, and they grew daily in their numbers. This is fantastic, right? This is exactly what we've been seeing since we started this series in Acts. And Acts 2 is when the church really exploded onto the scene. And, and this has been going on the whole time. And so this is right where we've been. It's fantastic. The church continues to grow, continues to strive. Now we'll get into verse 6. And this is where I want to camp out today. 6 through 8. 6 through 9. Because this part is easy to just breeze past. 
and get into the bigger miracles and bigger signs and, and, and the big stuff that happens later in uh, chapter 16 and going in uh, to the next couple of chapters in Acts. But if this part um, doesn't happen, these few verses, if they don't happen, a lot of the New Testament wouldn't have been written and a lot of things um, that we know about what happens with Paul's life wouldn't have happened. Uh, so let's get into it. Verse 6, um, it says uh, uh, in verse 6, Paul and his companions um, traveled through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, uh, being, um, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Verse 7, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bethina, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Taurus. Now I'm not going to try to act like I pronounced all those right. Y'all just go with me on it, okay? Um, but what's happening here? What's happening here? This, this, like I said, this verse easily you can skip past. Um, but what's happening here is Paul's getting a setback to what his original plan was. He's thinking, okay, we're just going to move along. We're going to go town to town. But then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's saying, stop. I don't want you to go here. It's kind of like, I mean, I can just, you know, I know how I react when, I, when, when something is not going according to plan. I, I get kind of frustrated. I, I, I start pushing back myself. Sometimes I try to force my way in. Um, but that's not what it says Paul does here. Um, but what do we do? How do we react when we get into a, a, a delay situation? What happens when we hit a setback? Um, like I said, I get frustrated. Um, perfect example is um, when you're driving to work in the morning. And uh, I don't know what kind of commute you have, but some of you have really long commutes. I have a really easy commute. My, my work's only like six miles from my house. Uh, but I always seem to get stuck behind the guy that's on his cell phone going like five to ten under the speed limit. And I'm all for going the speed limit. I, I'm, I'm a speed limit type of guy. My wife said when I turned 30, it just, I turned into a pawpaw driver. Um, but uh, it, it's true. Uh, that's what she says. But I, I guess when you get a couple of tickets, uh, you start to slow down, right? Um, yeah, ac actually, uh, funny story, when, um, this is totally off topic, but when, um, when uh, Todd called me to ask me about this, uh, to speak this weekend, I was driving home from work, and uh, I, I, I was going an unusual route because I had to stop off somewhere, and I was driving through a school zone, and me and Todd are just talking away, and guess what happened? I got a big $200 ticket for being on my phone. So anyways... That's why I pay attention to what the speed limit signs say. Um, but when the guy's going 5 to 10 under on the, uh, in front of me on my way to work, and he doesn't really know what he's doing, he's kind of waving, I get frustrated. I get a little kind of put out a little bit. And uh, what's even worse is when, let's say you're on a road trip, and it's two 18-wheelers, and you feel like you're about to blow by him in the left lane. And then all of a sudden, the 18-wheeler goes around, but he doesn't really go around the guy, right? He takes like five highway miles to pass up the other truck, and everybody else gets all backed up. Yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about, I think. Okay, well, what about when we're waiting on bigger things that really matter? Like, what about you're waiting on that new job, right? Or maybe it's been, I don't know, five, ten years since you've gotten a pay raise. Or maybe you just want to be married, and the right person's just not coming along, and you're just really like, God, I just want to be married and um, just the right person is not coming along in your life. Or, or maybe you're married and, 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 and you guys have been married for a while and everything's going great, but you really want to have kids and it's just not working. 
those are the delays that really get to us, right? Those are things that are a little bit harder. So what happens when we're in that situation, and um, how, do, how do we get out of that? Well, well, sometimes we face a delay in our life for all kinds of different reasons. One can be because of our attitude in different situations that we've gone through. One can be um, maybe um, we haven't had the best attitude with where we're at, or we haven't been uh, uh, the best decision maker, right? Um, I know I've made a lot of stupid decisions in my life, taking me down some crazy path. Um, maybe sometimes, like in Paul's case right here, it's just God saying, this isn't right right now. This isn't the right time. I have something else for you. Um, let me tell you this. God's delays in your life are never meant to deter you. They're to detour you. They're not meant to get you frustrated in your situation. God doesn't want you to be frustrated and angry with where you're at in life. He wants to detour you. He wants to take you to somewhere else. He wants to get you off that crazy path that you might be on because of maybe some decisions you've made, or maybe because just the plan that you have in your head that you think is going to be great isn't necessarily the great plan that he has in store for your life. So what, what can we learn here in this situation from Paul? Paul's reaction is great. And if we can change our mindset from getting frustrated to just being in a place of um, elevating our thinking where we can understand whose we are and, and submit to his authority in our life and just get in sync with his will for our life, we can probably pick up a lot and get moving onto the journey that he calls for us. Um, so let's go and look at what Paul, has, what Paul did. Let's go back into our text. Let's start with verse 6. It says in verse 6, um, that before the delay ever even took place, Paul was traveling with companions. He was traveling with some friends. He had people with him. And I feel like this is important to point out because a lot of times when we get stuck in a detour in our life or we get stuck and we're frustrated with our current uh, situation and circumstances, we start to push people out, right? You push back. Maybe you stop going to church as much. Maybe um, you uh, were really involved in serving and, and, and you just kind of stop. And you, and, you, and you start pushing back everything in your life, and you, and you take a step back from church. Paul didn't do that. Paul's got his buddies around him, and that's exactly where we need to be. And I can tell you from my own personal experience and from being a pastor and walking alongside a lot of families and a lot of my friends throughout their life, I've never seen anybody take a step forward and, and see the next step of God's plan by pushing back from the context of being in a biblical community. So be planted in the church. Be planted with the right people around you. Okay, let's keep going. Having been kept by the Holy Spirit uh, from preaching the word in the province of Asia, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. The text doesn't tell us what's going on here. We don't know if there was a huge roadblock road block in the road. Um, remember, these are old school, the very first highways that were ever created uh, by the Roman Empire that they're traveling on. Um, and so, uh, there could have been a roadblock. There could have been something there. Jesus could have came down and said, you will not pass. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he did stop Paul right in the middle of the road before. So it could have happened. I don't think that's what happened, but it could have. It's kind of fun to think about. Um, but that's not what happened. And so if we continue reading, it says, so they passed by and they went down to uh, Toros. Um, I think there's two important things right here that we need to see. One is that it says they passed by. Paul didn't try to force his way through. 
He didn't try to force the plan that he had. He submitted and he just passed by. He kept going. He could have gotten really delayed with, with what he was trying to accomplish, but he chose not to. And he just continued to pass by and continue to walk with the Spirit as the Spirit led. The second thing says they went down. Now, I know I'm completely taking this out of context because this is really talking geographical. Because if you look at the maps, probably in the back of your Bible, there's a map of Paul's journeys. Pretty much every Bible, there's a map of Paul's journeys. And you can see in the first one, he kind of takes this little tiny circle. In the second one, this is where we're at in this particular journey. In the second journey, he's starting up, and he's kind of in this area that gets high up in the mountains, and then he's working back down to the coast. And so when it says he went down, they're talking about that. But I can't help but think that sometimes we just have to go down. We just have to kind of get broken a little bit. We just have to just get down on our knees, right? Before we can really submit, before we can really cry out to God and, and, and really just be like, God, just take it. My plan's not working. I want your plan. I don't know what I'm doing. But God, just take over. And when you get down, when you go down, he's able to elevate you up and bring you back to where he wants you to be. And so I can't help but think of that. But I don't want to be a person that's always having to go down before I can go back up, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure that you guys are with me in the fact that you don't want to have to suffer pain every time you got to move forward in your life. And, and, and I know I don't. And so how do, we have to, how do we get away from always having to go down to our knees and, and just really like being just broken and torn apart and being in a dark, deep place where we're just ashamed of what we've become? We stay in step with the Spirit. We stay in step with His calling. And, and the way you do that is you just realize who you are. You are God's child. You are his chosen one. You are, because you are his son, you have a son or daughter, you, are, you have the inheritance of God. And if you have the inheritance of God, it doesn't matter what the situation is that you're in, he's going to have your back. He's got you. He's got you right there. Got it? Feel good there? Okay. Verse, six, or verse 9, Paul has the vision, right? He has the vision, and it says this vision comes to him. He's sleeping. He's, him and his guys are traveling. They don't really know where they're going, and he has this vision in, um, in the middle of the night while he's sleeping. And uh, sometimes God can't speak to us until we're in a quiet place, right? Sometimes we just need, like, some night vision goggles to clear out, you know, all the distractions that are in our life. And so a lot of times that voice of God is a still, small voice in a dream or, or just, you know, in the quiet right, when you get quiet with God, and so um, it says that he hears this vision, he sees this vision in the night, and when he wakes up from this vision, he tells his buddies, he goes, guys, I had this vision, this guy was speaking to me, he was begging me to come uh, to this other city, we're gonna go travel right now, here we go, let's get up, let's go, let's pack our stuff, and we're going, and I love this, because what, what Paul does is, he sees the vision, he hears the vision, he, discern, he discerns what God wants for him to do, and he acts on it. He doesn't just be like, we could have, you know, that could have just been a dream, right? No, he acts on it, and he's like, all right, this is where God wants me to be. And the only reason he knows that is because he's stayed in step with the Spirit the whole time. Because if you go back to chapter 13 in Acts, where this all began with his missionary journeys, his first missionary journey was really set up in um, Acts 13. In Acts 13, the Holy Spirit comes down in a meeting place and he 
sets aside, he says, I'm setting aside right now in front of all of you. I'm going to set aside Paul. I'm going to set aside Barnabas. And these guys are going to be my missionaries that are going to take my message from here where we're at. And we're going to take it around the world to other cities and, and continue to move that message. And so it all started back then. So Paul knows where his mission came from. His mission came from the Holy Spirit, and so he's been in step with the Holy Spirit. Now he can discern what the Holy Spirit's wanting him to do, and he continues to move forward. I was having lunch with one of my buddies the other day, and um, it was uh, Tuesday afternoon. We, had, we were having lunch. He's a, he's a pastor at a church in Frisco, and, um, and we were sitting down talking about the Holy Spirit and, and feeling the Holy Spirit's presence in our life, because we all want to feel the Holy Spirit's presence in our life, right? Um, you know, we, we want to feel that God's right there with us. You know, a lot of times we're like, man, if Jesus was just right here, you know, if Jesus was right here with us, you know, life would be a lot easier, you know, if he was like with me, like he was with the disciples. But even Jesus said it was better for the Holy Spirit to come, right? And that's where we've got all this stuff going on in Acts, all these great miracles, the apostles are able to do all these great things because the Holy Spirit's come. But we're talking about how we just want to have this uh, feeling of the Holy Spirit and this presence in our life. And he goes, you know, Brad, I, I, I started to realize about six months ago um, you know, I don't need to feel the Holy Spirit's presence all the time. And, uh, and I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm feeling you on that. Where, where are we going? And he goes, you know, sometimes I realize that when I just get a good thought in my head, that's coming from the Lord. And I'm like, well, it, it just kind of clicked in my head. And I'm like, well, duh, it says every good and perfect thing comes from the Lord. And so not just maybe the blessings or the, the physical healings that we might experience or the, the job that's presented to us or the financial burden that's lifted from us, uh, but just the good thoughts that we have, you know, or, or blessings from God. And, um, and, and every good and perfect thing that comes into my mind is from the Lord. And so we're talking and, and he goes in and he tells me this whole big story about how he had this thought and um, he kind of dismissed it because he was like, oh, that's just me thinking. And then somebody else came up to him the next day and said, hey, I, I've been praying for you, and God told me to tell you this. And it was the same thought he had in his head the day before. And he's like, oh, wow, okay, maybe this really was from God. This wasn't just a thought that I'm supposed to dismiss. And, um, and so he acted on it, and, and it was to buy a house, but that's besides the point. So he bought a house, and now, now he's able to really do community in his house which is what he was praying about. And so it's pretty cool. But, so, it, you know, if, if we're able to just think about that, I mean, I don't know, sometimes I'm thinking, I just don't feel God's presence in my life, but I have a lot of good thoughts, you know? I don't, I don't feel God all the time, but I got a lot of thoughts going on, a lot of good things happening in my head. And if I'm having good thoughts in my head, the Holy Spirit's inside of me, right? Because that's what it says, when I get saved, when I went under the water and came back up, the Holy Spirit came into my life, and now I've got these great thoughts in my head, and maybe that's the Spirit just leading me along there, right? And so, um, you know, I, I love that. So let's go ahead. I want to give you a couple of action steps for when you're facing a delay. Number one is to pray. Now, that might seem very, duh, come on, Brad, you got anything better than pray, right? Um, I'm facing a, an issue in my life. Well, a lot of times we pray, but we might pray for the wrong thing. We pray for the situation to get better. We pray for uh, maybe, sorry, guys, my throat has been so dry. I've been sick all week, so I'm just glad I can talk today. Um, but um, maybe you pray, maybe your situations, you don't like your workplace, right? And um, so you pray for your boss. You're like, God, make my boss more understanding. 
get my boss off my back, get me out of this situation, just bring me somewhere else. Or, or, or maybe it's your marriage, and, and so maybe you're praying for your spouse, you know, not praying for yourself, you're praying for your spouse, you know, God, just speak to them, lead them, take them to a better place, make my life better. Yeah, there's some people that know what that's about. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, that, that's not what it's about. This is what I want you to pray about, and this is what I mean when I say pray. God, what are you trying to teach me? Make it internal. What are you trying to teach me? How are you trying to change me right now? What do you mean needs to be broken? Those are the big kind of prayers, right? Those are big prayers. Because not, now, we're, now we're taking the focus off of our situation, but we're bringing it back to what God wants in us and how he wants to change us. So what are you trying to teach me? How, um, what do you need to show me? How are you trying to change me? How do I need to grow? Those are the kind of big prayers I want you to pray. The next is just to defray the situation. Just get rid of the frustrations. Break apart what's going on. Defray the situation so you can clearly hear the Holy Spirit when he speaks. Because if you're praying those kind of big prayers, and you're making it internal, and you're talking to to God, what do you need to do in me? How do I need to be changed? What are you trying to teach me? And you're open to the process. God's going to provide you the next step. And if you're doing those things, you'll be able to discern what that next step was, just like Paul was able to discern what the next step in his process was, the next step in his journey. So where did Paul's big journey, where did his detour take him? Well, it took him to God's plan for his life. He lands in Philippi, right? Philippi is the city where we get the book of Philippians. Paul later writes a book there. Um, he, he, he writes a letter to this church that he establishes there. Well, what's significant about this? Well, he, he lands in this city. It's, it's a Roman colony, leading Roman colony in Europe. It's the first place in Europe that the message has really been delivered. Uh, he goes out. He doesn't really know what he's doing when he gets there. He goes and sits in this place that people are supposed to go and pray. And he's like, God, I know you want me to pray, so I'm going to go sit in this place and pray. And he sits down, and he's just sitting there praying. And next thing you know, there's this group of women gathered around, and he meets this woman named Lydia. She really takes the message. She's just a businesswoman, and she really takes the message that he's preaching. And she gets up, and she's like, how do, I be, how do I get saved? What do I need to do? How do I accept this gift from God? And so she becomes the first Christian in Europe, and then her whole family gets baptized, and so things are going really great. And Paul's like, yes, now we're headed where we're supposed to be going. And then all of a sudden he gets thrown in jail, right? I mean, right when we think things are good, he gets thrown in jail. And he's like, and, and my reaction would be, whoa, God, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, right? I'm doing it, and you got me in jail. What's the deal? But Paul doesn't react that way. What Paul does is he just starts singing, praise Jesus, you know. He's just singing, you know, in jail, him and Silas. And all of a sudden, the walls crash down, and the jail cell splits open, and the jailer's, like, freaking out, and, and he runs in, and, and, and he's about to kill himself. And Paul's like, whoa, dude, we're all still here. No need to kill yourself. Um, and he's like, all the prisoners are still here. And, he, and he's like, runs to Paul, and he, and he just falls to his knees in front of him, and he's like, Paul, how do I 
become saved. And so now we've got this businesswoman and this jailer, and between their families, all their families get saved, and that becomes the first church in Europe, and then the Holy Spirit continues to guide Paul all throughout what we now call southern Europe today, and that like northern Mediterranean sea area. That's where he's at. He journeys all throughout there. And so what happens is Paul's plan for going around strengthening churches um, that he had already put in place, and God's plan of taking Paul and bringing him somewhere new and delivering the message and extending where the message was being brought all kind of collide in one big, great plan for Paul's life. That's great, right? That's, that's right where we want to be. Well, that's awesome for Paul, and that's awesome for Paul's plan. But what about our plan, right? That's where we want to be today. What's our plan for our life? Because Maybe you're stuck right now in something and you're like, okay, I'm ready for the next step. So what about our plan? Because we like to think about what's God's plan for our life, right? Well, this is what I'd, I'd tell you. Forget about God's plan for your life. Forget about it. Don't worry about it. Just forget it, okay? Because a lot of times we focus so much on what God's plan is for our life, we just get stuck there and we procrastinate and we're like, I mean, have you ever, I've, I know I've been this person, have you ever talked to the, somebody or been this person and someone comes up to you, hey, what's going on in your life? Well, I'm just waiting for God's plan to be revealed to me so I can just, you know, go and do the next thing that God has in store for my life. And, but I'm just sitting here, just sitting here waiting, not doing anything, I'm just waiting for God to show it to me. I'm missing out on all these things and 10 years later, I'm still sitting here. Waiting for God to show me his plan. Whoo! That's right. <laughs> See, I told you I like to feed off the crowd. Um, so, forget about your plan. You know, I know why. Because Paul didn't get a 20-year career plan for his life, did he? No. The Holy Spirit said, you know what? Well, it starts off, Jesus met him on the road and said, hey, Paul, get up. You're going to follow me now. And then the Holy Spirit says, Paul, I'm setting you up to be a missionary. You're going to go do this, and you're going to go to these cities. And he does it, and then he continues to move around, and he goes to all these different places, and he spreads the gospel. Paul had no idea that all those things were going to happen. We have no idea where we're going to be. There's no place in the Bible where we get a plan that, hey, when you're 18, this is what college you're going to go to, and then after that, when you're 25, this is the job you're going to have, and when you're 35, your career is going to progress to this, and when you're 50, you're going to be right here, and when you're 65, you're going to get to retire, and it's going to be great, and you're going to go out on your sailboat and take off. There's no plan like that. There's no plan like that, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan for you. He's just not going to maybe tell you everything because he gives us glimpses and pieces of what that plan is all throughout our life. And we just have to be faithful in the little spots. One of our favorite verses that is probably one of the more highly quoted scriptures in all the Bible is Jeremiah 29, 11, right? It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. We love that, right? We all love that verse. Why do we love it? Because it gives us hope, right? It gives us excitement about what God has in store for us. Well, read it carefully. What did it say? I know the plans, declares the Lord. Not I know, here you go. But he says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. So we just have to recognize that we might not know everything right now, but we do know 
that the plan is to prosper us and to give us hope in a future. So we have something to be excited about. And if we continue to read what it says in verse 12, it says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Not a part of my heart, not the part of your heart that comes to church on Sunday morning, not the part of uh, your heart that is just here when you're serving or when when you're praying during your morning devotional, but the heart that you have all day long, the heart that has got every bit of your core, that's the heart. When you search with your whole heart, and he says, when you search with your whole heart, I will be found by you declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity, and I will gather you up from all of the places that I have put you, and I will bring you back to the promised land. That's it, right? That's where we want to be, the promised land. That's what it's all about. It's what we were talking about earlier. God says it right here, and it just goes along with what we were talking about earlier. Pray those big prayers. Be open to the process. Be in step with the Spirit as He's leading you on this journey that He has for you. Um, if you do that, He's going to take you to a great place. Um, I was on a plane flight a couple of months back. It was a rather long plane flight, so I was um, watching a lot of sermons and, and, and studying Scripture and, and doing a lot of things, just listening to music. And... Um, course i had my daughter sitting right next to me for an eight hour plane flight she's three years old um so there were some distractions along the way um but god gave me something um it just just a a quote that um it just really hit me in my heart and um and i didn't have any idea that i would be speaking here today and i have no idea what i was going to be speaking about until really just like two weeks ago so this um but this quote just really hit home to me and i think it'll hit home with you It says, when you overemphasize your future, you miss being in your present. God presents you with your future while you're doing the work of your present. If you want to know your future, be present. Be present. If you want to move smoothly along the detour of your life, be present. I kind of feel like our whole life is a detour. I kind of feel like I know what the end point is, but I have no idea how I'm going to get there. The end point is to be in the presence of my Savior one day. But I don't know where all I'm going to go along that journey. The Spirit will reveal it to me as I'm ready for it. He'll give me the next step as I'm ready. He'll, he'll, he'll provide me with each and every left and right turn along the way that I need to have. You know, if you're, if you're stuck in a delay and, and, and you're ready to take the next step forward, um, honor God with where you're at right now. Be present in your current situation. If, if you're unhappy with your work situation, honor God in it. Honor your boss in it. If you're having some relationship trouble with a friend or a spouse, honor them, serve them, love them. Honor God through that relationship. If, if you're going through a, a season of life um, of singleness and you're really wanting to be married, honor God and, and stay in step with the Holy Spirit on where he's taking you right now during that journey. True story. Um, I, I, I worked on staff at a, a church with Todd, and Todd told you all about what things we did there. And while I was on staff there, I, I never went to a single Bible study. There was tons of singles Bible studies. 
but I never went to a singles Bible study. And pretty much the entire time I worked at the church, I was single. Um, and, uh, and so I finally decided to go to a singles Bible study. And guess what happens when I go to the singles Bible study? I met my wife, right? And, and guess what happened? She had never really gone to church that much. Like, she'd gone to church a little bit, but she never really committed to going. And so she goes to this, and it's both of our first singles Bible study to go to. And what happened? Boom. And now guess what we're doing? We got married, and now God's got this great plan for our life, and we're doing ministry together, and great things are happening. That's God's plan. He'll lead you if you just stay present and do what he's leading you to do. Um, let me just give you a couple of verses, and, and then we'll end um, today. And I'm not going to speak on them or anything. I, they, they pretty much speak for themselves. But this is, um, these are some verses that have really helped me. Um, one of them is even on my desk at work. Um, just to kind of remind me of where I'm at every day. Um, but uh, the first verse is Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The next one's Proverbs 16.3. Um, and then also uh, 16.9. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. That one sits right next to my phone at work. I see it all day long. I have to remind myself constantly that if I just commit what I'm doing right now, God will bring me to the place he wants me to be. And the last one, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Be present in your life, guys. Be present right now, and he'll establish your steps. When you'll, you'll, uh, you'll meet God's plan for your life when you're doing God's plan for your life. And that's being present with him right here and now. Let me pray for you guys this morning. God, I just thank you so much. Thank you so much for the, just the opportunity to be here. Thank you so much for Elevation Church and just uh, the great things that, that you're doing here and how you're just working in the lives of so many. Um, Father, I'm just so thankful um, that you allow me to do this. God, I know that there's probably some people here this morning that are struggling. And uh, with everybody's eyes closed, everybody's heads bowed. If, if you are just in a position right now where, where you are just stuck in your plan and you're trying to force your plan and you're tired of that, just lift up your hands. Just want to give it to God today. I see you guys. God, I just want to pray for those that raised their hands this morning. God, give them the strength and the courage to let go. To let go of the things that they have. So their hands can be open to what you have. Lord, we submit to you. We thank you. In your son's holy name. Amen.